morning, listeners. We are part of Adelphi's finest social cohort, also known as Adelphi Students for Change. I am Victoria. In my foundation year, and I aspire to be a school social worker. And my name is Melissa. I'm a BSW senior, and I plan to pursue a career in substance abuse disorder counseling. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Ricardo. I'm um, I'm also a Delphi student. Um, obviously, um, I'm in my advanced year, and yeah. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm an advanced year student, and I aspire to work with children with disabilities and their families. Hi, my name is Mona. I'm a student with Adelphi in my foundation year, and I'm practicing to, as a social, for social work to be a, um, a family and child uh, social worker. My name's Lauren. I'm a foundation year student, and I want to be a school social worker. And my name's Rini. I'm also a foundation year student, and I want to work in gerontology, probably specifically in nursing homes. Today, we are discussing the issue of police brutality and sharing our opinions on some of the most recent occurrences experienced by the world today. We have a diverse group of students that will hopefully share a fresh and empathetic perspective through the lens of an upcoming social worker. So I want to go through a couple of stats from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The FBI shows that 89 U.S. law enforcement officials were killed on a job in 2019. Also in 2019, police killed 999 Americans. And according to that same database, Black Americans were more than twice as likely to be shot and killed by police than their white counterparts. So 48 police officers were killed and 999 deaths occurred at the hands of police. Police are 20.8 times more likely to kill than be killed by a criminal in 2019. So with those stats, what comes to mind when you think about police brutality? Um, police, it's, it, I mean, it's unfortunate. I think, um, I, I think police killing in general, uh, you know, obviously it's more um, of a crisis than I think in the, in, the, in the black and Hispanic community, but police killing in general, um, just, just, just citizens, it's just weird. I think we, we, out, we outdo killings on, on every, as far as when you compare it to every advanced country where we're killing most of our citizens, which, it's just very, uh, it's just strange. And, and we need, that definitely needs to change. We need to find a, be, a better way to police. Well, the, I agree, Ricardo, but when you look at the, the historical context, right? Going way, 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 way back, police departments before they even existed as such, um, they were basically out there to, to return uh, runaway slaves. So the police departments have their roots in, you know, violence with the, with the blacks. Um, this has been an ongoing thing since the, the very, very beginning. And, and it seems like nothing has really changed in the 200 years. I think the first police force was in the mid 1800s in Boston, but predating that it was, it was just a, a capture ring for, for slaves who had escaped. Yes, and the first first black police officers wasn't even allowed to arrest white white folks. So exactly, exactly. It's, it's a terrible history. Um, it's a terrible history. I agree. It's ultimately due to corruption and position of authority to ensure you know that power and lack of power is maintained, dating back to slavery. Yeah, I agree. 
And then you jump forward to, to the 60s where, you know, during the civil rights, um, the, the, the beginning stages up into the, the, you know, kind of the mid peak of the, of the civil rights movement where, you know, we saw just, it, it, it was more visible at that point. It was always present, but it started to become more visible. Uh, mm -hmm. It was in the news. It was um, in print, in, in, on, shown on TV, you know, and then you flash forward to that, to the Rodney King uh, incident in Los Angeles. And, and that just like, you know, I think it, it, it took an already standing problem and just brought it into the forefront and made some people think, well, you know, this is, is this a new thing that's happening? Cause they were just unaware cause they're not in the community. I was going to say, I feel like maybe we've reached another point of like increased visibility again because of technology, like in the last 30 or 40 years, it seemingly to some people, it has become less of a problem. It just became more insidious until people started recording police officers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I believe that too. I think that with media, what you're saying is makes sense. Um, Cause I was doing some research on just insular culture, the blue wall of silence we all know about and uh, just the protections against the police. A lot of that can't be hidden anymore. Like you said, with the media, we can't, they can't just hide things like they used to. We can't just, you know, say, well, you know, it didn't happen. You can't go back with that. Um, uh, so there's so many the technology too. Like Greeny was saying, the technology has advanced so much. Like everyone has a like majority of people have a smartphone with video cameras, and not just police officers are the one filming all of mm -hmm. these arrests and like violent acts. With so like there's more evidence out there now too because of the technology. Yes. Oh, Cops are turning off the body cams when the citizens are turning on the cell phones. Right. Yeah. I, I remember when Philando Castile, he, um, he had got um, shot. That's when he was uh, illegally carrying a weapon. And the police officer asked him to, you know, um, grab his ID or grab the weapon or something. Um, and he was shot um, on, you know, he was on Facebook Live. Well, his, his girlfriend was on Facebook Live. And I went to work and some, this, this white older gentleman was like, he, he was like generally like surprised. He was telling me, I'm, I'm sorry. He was just like looking at me, telling me, I'm sorry. It was just, it was very weird. But then I, I, I it was just like, wow, you really didn't know. It, it's almost like he didn't know these things really existed. Um, so he was like, I'm sorry for like, like, like three times. I was like, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's not my thing, but like, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but yeah, these, um, the, the cameras and stuff, definitely cha a game changer. I have to say, I'm a, you know, I'm a white lower, you know, I grew up lower middle class on Long Island. Um, I, I never had a negative run in with a police officer. I mean, I would be stopped and I would be let go. I, I would be pulled over and I would be let go. Um, I don't think I ever got a ticket, you know, like a moving violation uh, when there are times I should have been. Um, there were times that I probably should have been in the back of a squad car and I wasn't. Um, and I, you know, it, it took me a little while to, to realize that I do have some degree of privilege. And at, at times when I see these things in the media, when I see these things happening, um, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I didn't know what to do because I, I never had that experience and to watch it happen to others for, for lesser things, um, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. So, you know, 
I become an ally? Do I become a supporter? Do I, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it puts me in a gray area at times because it infuriates me to see what happens um, and not really have a, a, a basis for me to, you know, make a stand or, you know, even though I try, it's hard. It's a hard yeah. thing to watch. Yeah, thank, thanks for saying that. I had, I had a few, um, thanks for acknowledging that, Chris. I had a few um, run-ins with, with, with police officers being from Queens. So, like, I, I, I've, I've got a ticket literally in front of my house. I was having a beer stop by um, to say hi. And I was, you know, I was literally in front of my house, maybe like two feet from, and I got a, you know, I got a ticket. Um, it, the police stopped me and was there for like 20 minutes looking at my ID, running everything. I'm like, I, I literally live right, live right here. Um, another time I was in the park and um, with a few friends and apparently there was a disturbance allegedly. And like um, the police police grabbed us and was like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing, we're in the park. And um, he told he, he told one of his guys, he was just like, yo, this guy's built like a like a linebacker. So for me, that wasn't that wasn't a um a compliment. That was a if Not I had if, if I had resisted that that you you could just tell the type of force that was coming for me so like things like that and then i've been stopping first three times I, I i'll never forget those those moments and stuff this was a thing so like you know just literally running in your car digging your, your whole car pull you over you're standing on the corner um dig your whole car and then and then you have to clean it up after so we, we we've had those and then when you're stopping frisk it's not just a quick pat down it's a they're, they're, they're digging in your crevices like it's not you know it's 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 very uncomfortable it's like it's it's a terrible experience so like especially knowing that you literally didn't do anything so um yeah so i've had those bad experiences now I've, I've also had good ones obviously but you you're gonna you're gonna remember the, the those ones the, the bad ones unfortunately I, know, I was gonna say looking at it from a social work lens the trauma that this you know instills in, 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 you know, people who have experienced that, you know, that, that trauma is going to run deep and, and it's going to be passed along. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's intense. I can, I can remember even in um, high school growing up, I'm from, I live in Middletown, New York now, but I grew up in Bronx, New York. And I can remember even as a child, if I, you know, wasn't doing the right thing at the time, cutting school and stuff like that. But um, I can remember we used to call it the paddy wagon. And that was the, the patrol police that would come and, and, and get the, you know, the truants from school. But I remember how aggressive they were with us. We were only teenagers, 16, 17 years old, and so aggressive. I mean, I remember getting, I mean, and I'm only 5'2". Back then, I probably weighed about 115 pounds. And I remember getting thrown on the floor. I remember getting thrown up against the gate, getting, you know, handcuffed and and thrown in the wagon. I mean, but with such force, with such force. Now that I live out here in Middletown, upstate New York, the experience is much different. It's much different. I've been pulled over um, when, when they do, um, you know, the, the, the patrols like during July 4th and the holidays to make sure that, you know, people are not drinking and stuff like that. And, and the experience is really positive. I mean, I'm, I have experienced nothing but friendliness with the officers out here friendliness and just consideration you know with mm -hmm. them understanding the climate that we're in so they're so i experienced they're actually extra friendly because they're like you know we don't want to be misconstrued or associated with those 
um, police that are not, you know, policing properly. Whereas it's a complete difference um, in the Bronx. I actually still visit the Bronx, New York, and I see them, you know, harassing, harassing, um, you know, my friends and family that are still, that still live there. I see them, I see them harassing them, you know, all the time. Can I make a point? I'm so sorry. I just wanted to make the point, clarify the point with Ricardo that when, whether you resisted or not, they could have acted out against you because that's what happens, right? The idea is that these people are resisting, right? And so then now we're beating them with um, their batons, um, shooting at them and killing them, I arresting them. The idea is that oh, if only this person didn't resist. George Floyd was not resisting. He was in the back of the police car and they went into the back of the police car and they beat him up there, pulled him out of the back, the back of the police car and then we already know what happened there. So if it, I, I just wanted to make sure that we don't um, perpetuate this idea that if we don't resist that everything will be fine and the cops will eventually leave us alone. That does not happen, that people still get hurt whether they're resisting or not. I just wanted to emphasize that. Um, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree. That, that was just specifically my, my situation. I, 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 I've seen um, uh, it go the other way, even when, whenever you're not, even if you, though you're not resisting. We've seen it all over the news. Um, but I think I think that one of the main points, especially out of the, the George Floyd situation that came out, is that police officers is not it, it is not is still not supposed to be killing criminals. So even so, even if you were a hundred percent guilty, that that your job is not is you shouldn't be uh, shooting and, and being aggressive towards criminals. So, we have we have due process in this country. Yeah, exactly, and a police exactly. officer is not the the judge, jury, and executioner, and that's yeah, yeah. that's a big part of where the problem lies. And, yes. And the other thing is too, is, is resisting arrest, unfortunately has gotten to a point in our society where it's, it's kind of, it's subjective. It, it, it's it is. discretion of the officer where there are laws and, and protocols, written protocols and, and policies and procedures for these officers to follow. Um, you know, it's become this weird uh, open to interpret, open to the officer's interpretation thing where, you know, a flinch or, or a, a brush up against their shoulder can be considered resisting. And, and then that allows that officer in their mind to take whatever force they deem necessary. Um, so it, it goes back to that, that question, who polices the police? I mean, yes. even in the process of when you're handcuffed and some, if you're handcuffing someone, I mean, remember, that, you know, you're handcuffed you know behind your back that can that can be uncomfortable i've been handcuffed before so if you move a certain way i mean like trying to adjust yourself to make yourself more uncomfortable like ow this hurts now i'm resisting i was gonna say i think our definition or interpretations of what's considered unnecessary force is has become subjective as well that like you could make an argument unfortunately or people are making arguments that force that was used was necessary when it probably was not. Yes. And that comes all the way from the top, Rini. I, I remember a few years back, no more than three miles from where I'm sitting right now, 
the president of the United States held a, held a, one of his rallies and behind him on stage were uniformed um, Suffolk County police officers, Suffolk County sheriffs. And that's when he had said, rough them up when you're putting them in the car. And I saw some of these predominantly white police officers and many female clapping in the background when he made that statement. Proud to hear that coming from the, the commander in chief to treat suspects rough when they put them in the car. So it's really become part of like the everyday culture now. Where was that? Was in uh, uh, where was that, that was in Brentwood. Oh, Brentwood, Brentwood yeah. on the grounds of Suffolk Community College. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember that day. Yeah, I remember yep. that day. Yikes. I also oh. want to emphasize that <clears throat> cops are being taught also the language to use, right? Like, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I, I love this conversation. <laughs> cops are also being taught to the language. Remember the um, officer in Tulsa, Betty Shelby? who um, killed Terrence Crutcher and said that she was afraid for her life. And now she's an educator to cops. She provides instruction on what to say if you are ever arrested for shooting a, a suspect, okay? And so if I can be taught what to say to protect myself, <laughs> then is there any credence to the policies that are created so that you are not um, brutalizing suspects for you to go out there and work with a fair lens. How, wh if I have this blue wall to protect me, then where, why do I need to follow the rules when I could just say I was afraid for my life? And that's simply, it's like the, the young cop who killed, who was in the, um, who was in one of the housing developments and, um, the young man was walking down the stairs in his building. He was going outside. He was just being like this normal person. Like I'm going to take the stairs probably because the elevator smells like piss and the stairs, they don't, they don't smell any better, but the, 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 the smell of piss is more faint. I don't know. Took the stairs. Maybe he lives on the second floor and wanted to walk down to the first floor. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We have that freedom, right? He's walking down the stairs. And because this cop was afraid, he shot and killed this young man. It does not make sense. And where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? And we know that there is a different judge. There's a different judge in Drury for cops that killed... Absolutely. A color that killed someone who is white versus a cop who is um, white and kills a person of color. It's completely different. We already saw that. There's a young Muslim officer in, on the West Coast, I can't remember. Yep. yep. Shot and killed the white woman. He is in jail. He yep. is in jail. And that Trust was quick, me. too. That was quick. It was quick. <laughs> Wait, we're still waiting on George. No, don't, no, don't wait for the details. Nope, that was quick. That was, that was quick. So I no I I agree, I think and 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 if all these incidents right again police officers is human being I'm I I'm from a, a, a criminology background I I do believe in law enforcement I I think it's important um so I I so we understand that right but what we're asking for in all these cases is, is accountability that that's simply it like so if if you kill someone <laughs> and for, for by mistake 
or 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 whatever you should you yeah exactly we could put quotations around mistake you should you, you should be held accountable you shouldn't have that job and you should be um uh, in jail possibly right we saw um uh what's his name in new york that got choked choked to death there's no way it is no way and that took five years to 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 even get like for him to even lose his job right and so and it was on like, camera this is and it's on, on camera. camera exactly so it's like there's no way you're going to tell us, you know, us as citizens that's living in these communities that we should trust the, the police and trust the process when we've seen it over and over and over and over again, where these police officers are walking for, for killing a, another human being. Like, it, it's just crazy. So, so what, do we, what, is, what do we need to do? Like, what, what are we looking at that would help to change this? I mean, like, like changing police culture, like, what do we do? Like, what, what? You know, what are we looking at here? Like, we know all the problems, but then how are they going to get changed? How is that going to, what, what needs to be done? You know, one thing that I like out here, my, my experience um, out here, they give this annual, it's like every summer, they give this annual, I think it's called Night Out, Night Out um, with law enforcement, I believe. And it's an annual big like party where they just take over the entire park and baseball field. They have live music. They have all these different stations and the police are actively out there helping the children get on um, the mountain climbing, this mountain climbing thing, um, helping them, you know, on the, on the slide. It's like, and they do face painting and I'm saying the police are not there policing. They're out there playing with the children and out there with the community. That is an experience. So my children have only known experience out here. I have two black boys and their only experience with police is positive because of what they experienced out here. Right. I think that makes a major difference. Well, Melissa is talking about is police community relations. Um, it helps create you know, changing relationships between law enforcement and the people in the community which they protect and serve, um, creating just a positive relationship. Yes, uh, I mean, I, I really think that that from the root, like I said, this is the only experience that they've had from the time that they were children. Yeah. So, um, so how do we change now that may be their experience from children how do we change the, the the negative experiences that you know are already there well just looking at like how to become a police officer in general how like please become a police officer takes what like six eight months and like for us as social workers it takes us two years to get our masters mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. maybe they should you know have some more training maybe they should be like training for a year or two and mm. then have other people who are involved in the community like social workers psychologists go in and show them workshops on like how to like deal with the community in our lens because they're just going through a police officer lens which isn't always necessarily a positive lens but I think they just need to have more um insight of the community as a whole that specifically the ones that they're going into so i think maybe giving more training like in duration would be a positive thing i don't know i think that those are great ideas and they sound great however there are no consequences currently and until there are consequences mm -hmm. you will see the same repeat behavior there has to be solid 
consequences for misconduct. Yes, a deterrent. Direct, direct prosecution of the individual. And, and that may or may not, I, I, I'm not a fortune teller, that may or may not cause some individuals to think twice before they, pull, they reach for that gun or for that baton. But at least Whatever it'd be they're a reaching start. for mm -hmm. that they know that their career, their life, their family's life may change very dramatically, and that they're not going to walk away free. I, I think there needs to be consequences, and they need to be adhered to. Then I think it's just a criminal justice issue, not necessarily just a, a police issue. I think it's just our criminal how our criminal justice system's built as a whole is the problem, and then it just trickles down to each position. How could there be a consequence for the a young boy that steals a candy bar and not for a police officer with a gun. Yeah. Which, it makes no which sense brings to me, me to the point where um, George, George Zimmerman, we all know that he wanted to be a police officer. However, he failed the psychological part of the examination. Yeah, Yet, no he was still a police officer, you might as well say, because he still got to patrol and kill with no consequence. So essentially, even though he didn't pass the exam to be a police officer, he was a police officer in his own mind, police in his community, doing what he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and was not held accountable. State laws, yeah. though, that whole stand your ground law, which is very ambiguous. And, and you know, is you have enough money to pay an attorney or a, a, pro, a case is that high profile where they can, you know, dig down deep into the laws. And, and you know, unfortunately, there, there are a lot of laws that, that protect a, a citizen with the same misconduct, that, that protect the police. So, Also, let's not forget, these people have relationships, right? So George Zimmerman's dad is a judge. Let's not forget that. Let me just... George Zimmerman's dad is a judge, okay? So that means his colleagues understands that this is my child that is now being prosecuted. George Zimmerman was allowed to go home and Trayvon's mother did not know that her son was killed, okay? He was allowed to go home to his mother and this young kid, this kid was 17 years old, was not, his mother was not even told that someone killed him. He was told not to get out of his car. He should have been arrested immediately because of that he was told not to follow the kid he should have been arrested immediately he's on the phone with 911 911 like do not do anything do not follow him do not get out of your car and continue to disobey what 911 the 911 operator said so that was problem number 1 he should have been arrested and he should have been detained absolutely and prosecuted because of that alone because now you are inciting an issue versus not versus not right so how can you be protecting yourself if you're walking into a, a, a lion's den now you're protecting yourself you decided to walk into this lion's den so this kid who's minding his business has a hood on because it's raining outside because everybody wants to be shielded from the rain, is on the phone, so probably has headphones on, and this stranger tells him to stop. I don't know who would just stop because you want me to stop and ask me, what, what am I doing in this neighborhood? I'm not going to answer you. I don't have to answer you. I'm a whole, I'm a whole child, like teenager. I don't have to respect you. I don't know you. And yet, everyone says that George Zimmerman, poor George Zimmerman, was supposed to um, protect himself. 
F up out of here. I don't want to hear any that George Smith that case and which was which is why BLM um was incepted, right? Because after Trayvon Martin and the egregious injustice against that family and against us as a community was problematic. And so then Black Lives Matter was in, incepted as a result. And everyone hated that whole entire um that entire slogan, the women that started it, and it, they just became Antifa, but before Antifa was a thing, right? And your, your president created that BS, who's the most president. Right? <laughs> He's not I mean, that. and to add insult to injury, um, uh, George Zimmerman, didn't he file a civil suit against the uh, uh, Martin family? Yeah, something, something. I know he was trying to get some kind of legal stuff going. I, I didn't that that whole and these are the situations what we were talking about um chris uh it, 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 until there's like these clear-cut cases where it's like this is an open and shut case this guy is clearly clearly um, <laughs> something wrong um and and other cases where it's like it's an open and shut philando castile who had a who had a, you know a legal a legal license as everyone does where, where he's from to walk around with a gun yep. and to still be shot and killed for it, it, it and, and the cop walk away like these cases where we, these are, are open shut cases uh you know what i mean until we start seeing that and me as a citizen still start seeing cops you know getting getting uh uh you know the due process just as we do um as as citizens i think that's when it, we're going to see change otherwise we, you know we're still going to have this negative perception towards police officers i think every time i see a police officer i, I double take you know what I mean? I, and I'm looking through my mirror, my rear view and making sure I'm not being pulled over. And like, where should I pull over if I do pull over? Is there enough people around? Like, these are things that go that goes through my head when I when yeah. I see just see a police officer. You know what I mean? So and there's a, there, like there are some good things coming around the corner. Uh, Governor Cuomo had, you know, asked every police department in the state to submit a plan. Otherwise, they'll lose funding on how they're going to make changes. However, those changes have to be made. It could look great on paper, but if the changes don't take place, we won't see a systemic change. We, we won't see change in the community if the system doesn't change. But I do agree with you, Chris, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm speaking personally because again, I should not be on this podcast, but I'm speaking anyway. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I do agree with the consequences because the messaging with the consequences means that you're going to think twice. As a police officer, you're, you're a trained officer. You are supposed to think before you pull that trigger. There has to be reason. You can't say that I'm scared and the person that you're arresting is not going to be scared. They're supposed to act accordingly. They're supposed to behave because you are um, uh, a sign. They are the trained professionals here. Yeah. You remember, exactly. they're the one that's been trained exactly. professionally to interact with us. Yet exactly. we're supposed to act, uh, you know, professionally are in accordance. Like what? That, it because just makes no sense at all. Exactly. Um, and if you don't think that the messaging to black and brown police officers around killing a white citizen wasn't made clear again, reinforced again, when that um, Muslim officer was arrested for killing that white woman, you, you, are, you, you are truly mistaken. That was messaging. Like, yeah. oh, you don't have the same due process that we do. 
That was yeah. clear messaging. The messaging from other police officers, completely different. Oh, just just, just the coverage alone about how this person was this great citizen and et cetera, et cetera. That's, you know, a uh, white, uh, blonde hair, blue eyed lady. You know, obviously there's a clear, there is a clear distinction. Like, no, you don't, we don't do that. And it goes back to history. Like we're saying, you know, blacks wasn't allowed to, to, to arrest white folks. So it, it, it all is, it's a full circle for me. Um, so, so what about, I think, I, we, go ahead, Mona. Oh, I was going to say, because um, Chris was talking about, you know, more restrictions and things, and I'm just looking at where, um, what is it, the justice, the um, George Floyd Justice in Policing Act. I mean, things are trying to happen, you know, and thank God, because people started making noise, you're starting to have things. I think that was passed in uh, the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act of 2020 uh, that was introduced on June 8th. And that was to hold law enforcement accountable for misconduct in court, improve transparency through the data collection, which is very important because I think that's what a lot of that's, a lot of things slipped through because we didn't have enough data um, and reform police training and policy. So all the things you were talking about, just basically we're coming together in this one act. So, I mean, I just actually started really reading on this and I was like, wow, that's something, something's happening. You know, we need something happening, something's happening, Some, something's you know, they're making some moves, but because the voices were heard, you know, everybody was making the sound. It wasn't just, because it had to take more than just black people making making noise, had to take more than just, it had to be a collective amount of people to make some real noise for them to say, listen, we can't do this, it's out there. One of the only good things that came out of COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, will what, say, what, I will say this, and I and I and I won't I won't speak again. I promise this time. No, I will say this. <laughs> you, you're our favorite guest. You're our favorite guest. I will say this: <laughs> that until they they really start um, processing police officers in the same way that they process every other citizen in the United States, that it really is going to continue. Systemic okay. racism is an issue. That's Right. If I'm taught this way about certain people, I'm going to be afraid of them and I'm going to act accordingly. So you cannot speak to what people learn in their homes and what they carry with them. So until police officers are held accountable for their behavior, and these things sound good, policies are great, but again, you think that they're not going to twist and there's going to be a plan right. for words. This is how the laws, laws were created. If you go to any, if you take one class in a law school, they're going to tell you that the constitution is vague purposefully. All of these laws are created, written vaguely because people mm -hmm. can get around them. That's why, that's why certain people get off with certain lawyers and certain people do not. If you get a free lawyer, you're gonna get what you pay for. If you pay for an expensive lawyer, you're gonna get what you pay for. You're gonna be able to walk away, okay? And so I'm just, I just want to reemphasize that until cops get, you know, have to experience what due process is and go and be held accountable and they start seeing people get arrested and lose their pensions and they have to literally figure out what next steps are and get and have a jail for police officers, then you know what? We're going to be in the same position. Policies sound yeah. but they have to be arrested and they have to be um, prosecuted fairly. All right, so uh, I just wanted to bring up a topic um, as far as defunding police. I want to know you guys' thoughts about that. 
thank you, Ricardo, for bringing up this topic. Unfortunately, we've reached our time. Um, we are strongly passionate about this topic, and we will continue with this next week. Thank you for joining us. We hope to see you then. Mm -hmm.